Well, I tell you one thing. We thank God for that. But we should thank a couple that came all the way from Chicago. Dr. Sabara and his wife. Dr. Sabara, too. And because they're here, she was like... Uh, uh, enthused more and uh, we pushed her more and she wanted uh, she knows that they both like to hear her and we thank them for coming and we should have a vote this uh, afternoon to ask them to come here every three months so she can sing <laughs> alright okay we're so happy to have them with us. And one thing we should never forget, that the cross in the middle should have been mine. It should have been mine, but he took my place. What a song. What a song. I had a story that uh, was sent to me on June 6th by a dear friend of mine. His name is Bill Melton. Do we know him? And uh, I said, no, I'm not going to tell the story now. That was then. And I said, I'll wait till we have a dedication of little girls or little boys, and then we didn't have any lately. But I said, it's going to get old, and every time I read it, I laugh and laugh. I said, I want to share it with you. May I? Little Carol came into the kitchen where her mother was making dinner. Her birthday was coming up, and she thought this was a good time to tell her mother what she wanted. Mom... I want a bike for my birthday. Now, little Carol was a bit a troublemaker. Have you had uh, little children like this? Do we have some? Mm. Uh-huh. She had gotten into trouble at school and at home. Carol's mother asked her if she thought she deserved to get a bike for her birthday. Little Carol, of course, thought she did. Carol's mother, being a Christian woman, wanted her to reflect on her behavior over the last year and write a letter to God and tell why she deserved a bike for her birthday. Little Carol stomped up the steps to her room and sat down to write God a letter. Letter one, dear God, I have been a very good girl this year and I would like a bike for my birthday. I want a red one, your friend Carol. She became God's friend immediately. <laughs> Carol knew this wasn't true. She had not been a very good girl this year, so she tore up the letter and started all over. Letter two, dear God. You listen to me, you little ones? <laughs> this is your friend Carol. I have been a pretty good girl this year. And I would like a red bike for my birthday. Thank you, Carol. Carol knew this wasn't true either. She tore up the letter and started again. Letter number three. Dear God, I know I haven't been a good girl this year. I'm very sorry. 
I will be a good girl if you just send me a red bike for my birthday. Thank you, Carol. Carol knew even uh, this was not true. <laughs> this letter was not going to get her a bike. By now, she was very upset. She went downstairs and told her mother she wanted to go to church. Carol's mother thought her plan had worked because Carol looked very sad. So just be home in time for dinner, Mom. Her mother said, okay, come back soon. Carol walked down the street to the church next door. It was a Catholic church. And she went directly to the altar. She looked around to see if anyone was there. She picked up a statue of Virgin Mary, slipped it under her jacket, and ran out of the church, down the street, into her house, and up to her room. She shut the door and sat down and wrote her letter to God. Letter number four, dear God, I got your mama. <laughs> Are you with me? I couldn't hold myself, I want to tell you. I got your mama. If you want to see her again, send the bike. <laughs> if you want to see her again, send the bike. Signed. You know who? Of course, he wants his mama. <laughs> well, since we're a family and we enjoy things together, every now and then we should have a good laugh. And you know, Christianity is not a sad religion at all. People make it sad. Christianity is joy. Joy in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I say that. Outside the Lord Jesus Christ, there is no joy. There is no beauty. There is no peace. There is no love. It's all because of Jesus Christ that we can laugh and laugh from the heart. And let me tell you one thing. I've never enjoyed life like I enjoyed it when I first knew Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I accepted him as Savior 52 years ago, as you know. And I've been a happy kid for the rest of my life. And I'm going to go to heaven smiling, joyful, and laughing. And the Lord, come and take us all to be with you. I hope he comes this morning, yes? And now, serious thing. Who happened to remember what I spoke? spoke of last Sunday. Oh, amen. Let us set sail. Let us set sail. Um, thank you, Bill. And then, 
In order to sail with Jesus, we have to cut the rope. I said, those who were not with us, cut the rope. That means you have, in order for the ship to leave shore, you have to cut all the ropes and the ship leaves. And in order to go with Jesus Christ, you have to cut the rope. You have to cut all things that attach you into this world and detach yourself and go forward with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we spoke about that was the first point. What was the second point? Pardon me? Leave your comfort zone. Barbara wrote them down. <laughs> Leave your comfort zone. You are sitting on your chaise long and you're enjoying it and having fun. Leave your comfort zone. Amen. And the comfort zone, each one has a comfort zone. And you, you come to that conclusion, which is your comfort zone? And God is asking us to take a stand for him. Stand up and fight for Jesus Christ. What was the third point? Thank you, Barbara, and those who know. I said, according to statistics, retention is 20% first week, 10% next week, and then it will fade away. I hope not. But this is human nature. Now, let us go forward. The church of God is not on earth to be stagnant. The church of God is to go forward. And going forward has difficulties. Now, I promised to speak about two points this week. And I hope to get you out at 1225 sharp. Okay? So, you won't look at your uh, clocks here and watches and so on. When we cut the rope, Leave our comfort zone and go forward. We want to go forward with Christ. We face obstacles. I want to talk about obstacles today. Someone said obstacles are those frightful things you see when you take your eyes off the Lord. And the disciples were in the ship with the Lord Jesus Christ. A little boat. It's not like those ships we see today. Not even. Close. It was a little boat. And he was with them. And he asked them to move forward. And to go forward. And the very first obstacle was the storm. Right? The storm was raging. And the things were getting worse and worse and worse. They woke him up. He was sleeping in the back of the boat. And they woke him up and they asked him, Don't you care that we are perishing? Don't you care, Jesus? We left everything. We left our comfort zone. And we're going forward. But what is this going? What's happening? What's happening to us all? Here we see their, their panic. They're panicking. And they don't know what to do. They started looking at each other. And asking each other for comfort. But fear gripped them. They could only say. 
these words, don't you care? Let me tell you one thing. I will answer for him. I say, yes, he cares. Not yes, we can. Yes, he cares. It's more. We can do things. We are limited by doing things and in doing things. But Jesus Christ is an unlimited God. He can do things others cannot do. If you have any bridges that you need to cross this morning, yeah, you think they are uncrossable? Someone wrote this. You have any mountains you cannot tunnel through? God specializes in things called impossible. He can do things others cannot do. Yes, he cares. Regardless of the storm you are going through. Remember his directions and his orders. Let us cross. Let us sail on. And his orders to his church today is let us move forward. And moving forward, we will face difficulties. As the disciples, they faced, they faced these difficulties. And they, they cried out. And put yourself in that boat. Any one of us. Put yourself in that boat. And what would you have done? I think I would have, I would have cried, don't you care? I don't know. Panic stricken. Those disciples. We scream. We shout. We call on others in the boat for help. And what can they do? They are all in the same predicament. No one listens. Do you see yourself sometimes in a storm? Do you see yourself sometimes in a difficult situation? Have you been experiencing lately some difficult times? We are going through difficult times. And you know, if our society is affected and society is made of homes... Every home is affected. Every person is affected. And we are going through difficulties, aren't we? And we blame it on Tom, Dick, and Harry all together, the three of them. And we blame it on the economy and so on. But God knows very well what's going on in this world. And we pray that this will lead to his coming to take us to be with him. There we are going through stormy weather today. We find ourselves helpless, fearful, and at times we panic like they did. Remember one thing. Let us not forget in the middle of the turmoil and fear and panic, remember who is our captain. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He is the only one who cares. He is the only one who can run to the rescue to help us. He has the experience. For no one ever endured such hostility from our world, from the enemy, from the devil as he. No one has ever endured the cross like he did. No one. He is the cross who is in the middle as Sylvia sang today. He took your place and mine. And he knew the agony of Humanity. He knew the load of sin that fell on his shoulders. He took all your sins and mine. 
He knew that. And he did not offer, uh, offer one word except forgive them, Father, because they do not know what they are doing. He endured it. All for you. And if we're going through it now, remember one thing. Remember he is still God of this world. Remember he allowed, he allows things for a reason in our lives. And perhaps, and I'm sure, he wanted to increase these disciples' faith. So he allowed this storm to come by. To make them real men. To make them stronger. To make them rely on him more. And call on him more. And further, to carry that great mission that later on he sent them. On, go ye to the world, evangelize the world, and preach the gospel, and teach, and baptize, until I come. And he said one word there, that the disciples forgot, that he said, lo, I am with you, till the end of the world. They forgot one thing, and they forgot that he was with them in the boat, right? And let me ask you a question. Can a boat sink if Jesus is in it? He is the master of the sea. He is the master of the universe. He is the one who created you and created me. And when he woke up and looked at what's happening, as if he didn't know, he allowed it. One word, he stilled the sea. He quieted the storm. And then they looked at each other. This is not how we know him. We know him. He can open the eyes of the people. He can heal a leper. He can touch a woman who has hemorrhage and heal her. But we don't know that he has such power over creation itself. Let me remind you and remind ourselves and remind those disciples that they were reminded, of course, that he reminded them then that he is the God of all creation. Wind, sun, moon, every creation, every created being that you see or know of, he has created by one word. And the God of creation was with them. So if you're going through a raging storm this afternoon, I tell you one thing. Take him. Look at him. He is the only one. Look at him at the cross there. People thought he was weak. People thought he had no strength. People thought he had no power. People thought that he couldn't save himself. And the the thief on the right and the thief, I said, he can't save himself. Can Can he save us? Let me tell you one thing. He took there your weaknesses. He took there your sins. He took there your life and mine. And there, under the heavy judgment of God the Father, under the heavy judgment of your sin and mine, he took them there. And that was the greatest victory ever given to the human life. Victory over our sins. Took them, went to the grave, buried them, and rose victorious on the third day to give you 
all the victories that he did himself. Do you care? Yes, he cares. Are you going through? Are you looking for him to help you? David shouted, David of all shouted, Lord, you are my strength. And he prevailed. All the men of God that we've seen them, heard of them, sorry, we heard of them, we read about them, we study their lives. They took Jesus as their strength and he never failed any single person. If you're going through this storm this morning, this afternoon rather, if you're going through something that is really bugging you, if you're going through tough times, through rough times, if you cannot pay your, all your, your bills, we don't know about them, but he knows about them and he cares. And remember, he can help each and every one of us. Someone said, the block of granite, which was an obstacle in the path of the weak, becomes a stepping stone in the path of the strong. And we are strong. Like David said, the Lord is my strength. Don't run away. The good Lord is preparing you for greater things. He is grooming you and me for a larger role. In a little while, when the storm passes over, when the thunder sounds no more, as the song says, you will find yourself better equipped through this experience you're going through. Through the agony you've been going through, you'll find yourself better equipped, stronger, and more experienced. And the tears, the sighing, the agony, the fear, the panic, all shall soon pass away and calm and peace will soon return through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Man has no remedy. Education is no remedy. Science is no remedy. All everything, man going to the moon and beyond, there is no remedy. Our future uh, going beyond that is no remedy for Man's illness, for the agony we're going through, for our economy, for the panic we're, we've been going through, some people, for the, all the things that we are seeing around us. Only Jesus Christ has a solution. Invite him into your life and live for him. And he will run to the rescue as he got up and silenced the wind. You know and the world knows that through what you're going, your life becomes richer, becomes better poised, become, you become more trustful, you become less selfish, more detached from the things of sense around us. And above all, you feel that you have become a different person through this experience. Like the disciples, he is the master of the sea of all creation.
So hold on to your ship. A storm with Christ, as I said, is better than a calm without him. Martin Luther adds, If I did not see that the Lord kept watch over the ship, I should long since have abandoned the helm. But I see him through the storm, strengthening the tackling, handling the yards, spreading the sails, a more, commanding the very winds. Should I not be a coward if I abandoned my post? Let him govern. Let him carry us forward. Let him hasten or delay. We will fear nothing. Obstacles. And sometimes, let me add, a PS to obstacles. Obstacles come from around us. Let us not look at the obstacles around us. When you are waiting for a word of encouragement, you hear a word of criticism, right? When you're waiting for someone to comfort you, add that comfort turn into judging. Well, remember, let us not set obstacles toward each other's, but let us encourage each other as the day is day. And let us wait for that sound from heaven to come to us. That trumpet shall sound, and then we shall be no more. Amen? The second obstacle, in five minutes I have to do it, is timing. Timing. First the storm timing. According to the historians, the Lord, they say, will ask them to sail at a most inopportune hour. Because... That the evening hours in that little lake, uh, lake there, is exposed to hurricane winds and it becomes stormy. I studied that. And perhaps Peter or the other disciples said, Lord, are you sure you want us to sail tonight? It's evening, it's going to be dark. You know, they had no electricity. Do you want us to sell tonight? says, let us set sail. It becomes stormy. Let us set sail. And we might add our voice to, the, to Peter or some of the disciples. Lord, can you postpone it till tomorrow? And how many times we ask the Lord, please don't let this happen. Because what happened? Said, Lord, don't you see? We are dying. Let me ask you a question. How many times in life so far, so far, young or old, you went through a little experience that that's it, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dead. No, I can't make it. It's over. How many times? You know what? It's not over until he says it's over. And you're not dying until he says you're dying. I said many times, hey, I'm dying. See, I'm still preaching. (laughs) And remember what he said. 
Don't worry about my timing. Don't worry what, where you're going. I asked you to let's set sail. And he said one thing that they forgot completely. Let us cross to the other side. Folks. Believers. Christians. Church of Christ. We are crossing to the other side. We are not going to perish in the middle of the sea. We are not going to be lost. We are not going to be going down into the sea in ships, in our, in everything. No. God did not ask you to take this journey to leave you. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Whatever the time is, why don't we give our time and our life, our suggestions, our arguments with Him? Why don't we say, Lord, I give it all to you? As long as we are traveling and He is in your boat and mine, why don't we surrender our lives and say, Lord, take this ship wherever you want it to go. As for me, as for me, I pray every day. I said, Lord, put me on your plan. I don't want my plan for my life. I want your plan for my life. And you know one thing? I'm the happiest guy in the world because I'm experiencing that he is walking with me. Simply. Simply, let's surrender to him. You have your plans. You have your timings. It's time to do this and it's time to do, to do that. And then let, me, let me tell you one thing. He is the one who made time. Don't go before him. Go after him. Let us set sail. Let us cross. And we are going to get there. He created time. And the Bible says, look what the Bible says. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. There is an appointed time for everything. And there is a time for every event under heaven. That's your God talking to you and me. God is never before his time. And he is never behind. Not by one tick of the clock. How many times will be telling a story and will say, at the right time, they called my name. And at the right time, I received it. And at the right time, we got this and that. It was the right moment. Let me tell you one thing. You don't make the right moment. It was God who made the right moment for you and for me. And there will come the right time when the trumpet shall sound, when all the believers shall hear his voice, and the right time will be, Lord, amen, we're coming. And then the crossing will be so easy, and the flying will be effortless, and we shall reach the other shore, and we shall look back, where's the storm? What happened to our wisdom and say, Lord, this is not your time. This is not, timing is not right in the evening. What happened? All is gone. And he will look at us and says, I knew how weak you were. And that I knew I created you. It's okay. Let's go home together. Someone wrote this and I'll end with it. God's time is never wrong. Never too fast, nor too slow. The planets move to its steady pace as the centuries come and go. So, let us set our clocks by God's. 
and order our lives by his ways and nothing can come and nothing can go too soon or too late in our way. Let us set sail. Let's cut the rope. Let's leave all the problems behind. Let's go forward. Whether it's stormy weather or quiet weather, we know he's in our ship. And whenever the time comes, we are ready. Are you ready? Are we ready? When Jesus declares, I will come and take you to be with me. Uh, Can you say today, before you go to lunch, that I am ready if you come now. I am ready to meet you, Lord Jesus. I am ready because that's his timing. We have no time. He even appointed time for us to die. And we don't know when. I can you say at this very moment. Lord Jesus. I am ready to meet you. Through death. Or through your coming. May God bless you. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Father, we submit ourselves to you today and we know that we have no strength in ourselves, but our eyes are upon you. Help us as we navigate through stormy seas and help us to keep our eyes on you, Lord. And we know you are the only one who says, I care. Help us to surrender our lives to your timing, not ours. Your program, not ours. And help us to live a life worthy of your calling. Accept our thanks and bless this congregation. And may no one leave this place without making a decision. If I hear that if my time comes now, or I hear the trumpet sounds, I will be with him forever and ever. Until then, keep us safe. Keep us honest and sincere. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen.